0: Welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I am so jazzed that we're back for season two! (laughs) As we're at the beginning of a new year as well as a new season, I wanted to start the season off with something New Year's resolution inspired. So for anyone out there who made one of their goals for 2019 to improve their German or to learn German or become fluent in German, this one is for you! Our guest for this week is Jenny, a teacher of German as a foreign language. In fact, one of my teachers of German as a foreign language. And we swap ideas and tips on how to approach learning this crazy, hard, confusing, rule loving, exception loving language. <laughs> we share as well some of our favorite books, movies, TV shows, podcasts in German or specifically made to learn German. And I'm going to link to all of them in the show notes. But what I think is really cool about talking with Jenny and what I think makes her such an awesome, awesome teacher is that she has so many encouraging tidbits in here. (laughs) So there are times when some of my more negative self-talk comes out in terms of learning a language. I know I'm a perfectionist and I'm pretty hard on myself when I feel like I'm making mistakes in learning German. And she is so good at saying, hey, no, stop it. (laughs) And she helps me steer that language into something a little bit more productive and kinder to myself. (laughs) Which I think is just so important with learning a language. I mean, there's so much that is opened up to you when you do learn a new language. But I think one thing that we can all relate to, no matter what our mother tongue is, and no matter what our second or third or fourth language is, We've all experienced language learning as a process that involves a whole lot of failure <laughs> and I think it's really good to um, to have a teacher that gets that and who can help you really pick yourself back up when you just want to beat yourself down because you just can't figure out what the heck the Dativkazus is anyway before I fall down that mental hole. <laughs> Here is my conversation with Jenny.
1: I'm Jenny Barbero and I'm from Freiburg, Germany and I actually back to Freiburg for a living. Um, I lived in Australia for a year and I lived in Stuttgart for three years during my bachelor's and now I came back a year ago to... Be back to my hometown, because my heart kind of lives here too.
0: And you also are here in part so that you can work on your master's degree, right? Yeah, right. Do <laughs> you want to tell us what that is? Um, yeah, I'm doing German as a foreign language. And that's actually sort of-ish how we met. <laughs> so you are a German as a foreign language teacher, and you were my teacher. <laughs> yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> so you've been actually in my first class my really my my first real class so um, I teach this evening classes and I sometimes do like private classes as well and
0: kids classes or at least you did one you survived one
1: (laughs) i survived one yeah (laughs) it's the right way to say it so it's a lot harder than teaching adults and i found out the hard way so
0: yeah (laughs) well that's another thing about how we got to know each other so you were my teacher and then we started a tandem partnership where you're working on your english i'm working on my german so we meet up ideally once a week Uh, for an hour and chat in the one language or the other and we bounce back and forth. Um, Of course, life gets in the way and we make other things. And then I think this is typical of like tandem partnerships. At some point, the people sort of just become friends or they don't. And then the tandem like disappears. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's the way it works, actually. Yep. Yep. The one suggestion that I definitely wanted to mention is that people do a tandem partnership. So just find someone, whatever language that you're trying to learn, offer up whatever language or languages you have.
1: Yeah, doing a tandem is a great way to learn a language because you need to talk. You need to talk to communicate. And you're actually, after a few sessions, you're not scared anymore. Yeah, and you find out that they actually don't judge you because of your mistakes. So you're free and you're way more free than in classes.
0: And I think it's really cool too, because so I, we, the class I took with you was the last part of the Bayeins. So maybe we should also just say that real fast, like language learning, it's, a1 and 2 are beginners, B1 and 2 are intermediate, C1 and C2 are advanced slash fluent to some degree. Yeah, that's it. Right. So we, like, and, and in, I don't know if it's in every language or just German that B1 is considered like the Grundstufe, it's like the, the foundation. Well, when we met at the end of B1, I technically, you know, had my foundation under me, but I had another tandem partner too. Um, around the same time and outside of meeting with him or meeting with you I don't know if I just sat with someone and spoken in conversation for a full hour and at the beginning that was a lot and I also like especially with the other guy we didn't know each other ahead of time so it was like what do we talk about but that comes easily too and the sustained nature of it is a really good challenge because when you're in class like you're sharing the field with the other students, right? So I find with tandem, yeah, it's really good to push through that. And also, yeah, like you said, with the speaking thing, it forces you to be truly conversational. So you can know a lot of German, but if someone tries to, okay, like the joke is that Germans don't make small talk, but you know, like <laughs> they do. It's not a joke. <laughs> but there are these little conversations, right? And there's an art to a conversation in any language. And with the tandem, you you've forced yourself to figure that out.
1: And that's important. You need to force yourself to talk in the language, because that's the only way you can learn it. Everybody's making mistakes in foreign languages. I would love to have a perfect English, but I don't. So you need to go through it and live with your mistakes.
0: Yeah, which is also a great life lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I know a whole lot of people who, whether it's because of money or time or access, people often can't go to courses, so I want to definitely make sure we pay some attention to how people can learn effectively without something like a go-to-institute course. (laughs) Yeah. What would you do to get started?
1: If you have a little knowledge, I would always try to find a tandem partner. If you look through Facebook or through expat groups or something in the city you live, then you will always find someone. And it's a good way to start if you have no knowledge at all, it's hard. I would maybe try language apps just to get like the basis of it, the basis of the basis maybe.
0: <laughs> well, I know Duolingo is one where you can start without anything and Babbel, yep. I think too. Um, there's one, that it's a company that works through libraries. Um, so a lot of libraries in the United States have access to something called Mango
1: mm-hmm. and it's
0: like Babel or Duolingo, but theoretically it's a higher caliber of software because it's paid for, but it's paid for through the library, so it's still free for the users. And even if someone's American but living not in the States anymore, if they have their library card still, it's all digital, so you should be able to do it. Or you can borrow someone's library card and log in. <laughs> That's also a good option, and I think that one has an option of if you want to learn German for like vacation, or if you're trying to learn German to really learn it yeah sounds good oh i also wanted to say with tandem i heard that there is a website where you they'll link you up with people remotely yes they do so that's also an option if you really can't find someone in person you can skype tandem with someone
1: yeah you can you can you'll always have the possibility skype is harder so it's not as easy as if you sit next to each other But it's a possibility. Gotta
0: take what you can get.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it depends on why you want to learn German. So if you want to learn German because you want to live in Germany, you have like this motivation behind it and you really want to do it. And if you learn German because, yeah, you think it's an interesting language it gets harder because German is not the easiest language to learn. So it's all about motivation as well.
0: My German learning story technically started way back in college when I took it for my, you have to take four classes of a language in order to graduate and I chose German. Because I had this, I had this funny little feeling that I would like the the German mindset and outlook, and look where I'm today. I guess I was right. Um, <laughs> but when I was learning it in college, I I thought it was really fun and easy because so many of the vocabulary words were similar, and I just wrote little cards and labels all over my apartment on the wall. It was Davand. My backpack still has. I took like a sharpie and wrote on the handle of it. Devil sack, yeah, and I found that really like fun and helpful and also funny because I found it unendingly amusing how hair is just an angry sounding version of the word hair har. <laughs> like, this, is, this is hair this is ha <laughs> stuff like that, so it made it fun and easy, but then I found once you actually started having to, like, form sentences and not just memorize sentences. Turns out it's a little harder. And then cue, like, a very long period of time where I was just like, what is this language? This is not easy at all. (laughs) But I think, like, uh, A1 for English speakers it's pretty okay. <laughs> it's okay. I think it's okay till you start with
1: accusative and dative. Oh god, and then but it all yeah. falls Be- apart.
0: Before that, it's it's okay. Do you want to tell us why you do have it, why we do need to learn it, <laughs> accusative and dative?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just how, how German works. And actually, we have four of them. So we have four cases. they are called. And I found out two years ago that Finnish has 15 of them. What? So be lucky to have only four. <laughs> yeah. And actually, if you're honest, as a German person, we only have three because one of them is dying out. We don't really use it anymore.
0: So, like an example. Yeah. So, in English, when you say, I put the pen on the table, I believe uh, it's the order of the words that dictates whether you're putting the table on the pen or the pen on the table, also common sense in this example, right? But it's like, I put the thing on the other thing. So the preposition and then the word order. But mm-hmm. my understanding is because the accusative in German is, oh, it's wohl Try. and wohin. So where something is existing and then the other is like movement. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. Not always, but about prepositions, you're right okay yeah so
0: in this case i put the pen the pen is the direct object so it's accusative. Mm-hmm. 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 on the table on the table is the indirect object that's dative
1: no no <laughs> no um it's about put it's about the verb ah. so first it's about verbs yeah that's the Main thing, yeah, some verbs in German need like the direct object, which is an accusative, what you said, yeah, so I put the pen, yeah, ich lege den Stift, accusative, because legen, to put, is this verb, which needs a direct object. If you have help, helfen, it's like different, you need someone who helps, you need someone who gets the help. And the person who gets the help is in Dativ. So, ich helfe dem Mann. I help the man. Yeah. With prepositions, it's exactly how you said. So, wo is always dative, And where, to put it, it's accusative. So, if you have prepositions, you always need to check. Is it, what? what do I really want to say? But most times, it's about the verbs. So, whenever you learn a new verb in German, you should learn which cases you need for it.
0: Okay, I remember this example being one we talked about where it was, I drive, so ich fahr in der Schweiz, mm-hmm. ich war in, also, die in was?
1: In die Schweiz. In
0: die Schweiz, yeah, so yeah. ich war in die Schweiz, or ich war in de, der Schweiz, mm-hmm. and that's the difference between I'm driving, basically in English, I'm driving in, Switzerland. I'm in Switzerland, and I'm driving, mm-hmm. and I am driving into mm-hmm. Switzerland. Yeah, but they don't have those in German. There's not that difference of in into. It's mm-hmm. instead it's accusative or dative. Mm-hmm. Was that correct at all? Yeah. Okay. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: we don't have into. We just have in. So we need to tell the people which in.
0: And I think what this is what makes it so hard. At least for me, and I think for a lot of English speakers learning German, first off, we don't have da, or das. We don't have, um, we just have the or a. <laughs> and then, second off, oh, I think da is a really good example. So it's like da stift, the pen. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's den stift with den. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's dem stift with an m, d e m. And sometimes it's des stifts, d e s. So there are four possible ways that you could say the. Mm-hmm. For the, the pen. And then if you throw in the blue pen, the blue <laughs> ends in two to three different ways, depending on also, again, these cases. Yes. And so you can't just be like the blue pen and just not think about it. You have to think, okay, what is the function of the blue pen in the sentence? Is it the subject? Is it the direct, indirect? And that is really hard. I know. And exhausting. I know.
1: Yeah. It's like as a teacher I'm always in front of my class and I teach it. And then there's this one point in every class where they get so annoyed because they can't get it anymore and I'm always like, "Yeah, I know it's hard. I'm very sorry for it, but you need to you need to get through it and we can do it." And that's the point about knowing grammar and using grammar. Lots of people can tell me which ending the adjective needs in all cases in all situations but they can't use it. They know it, but they can't use it because they never try. And people that don't know the grammar and hear, listen to people and speak a lot, they find it out themselves, even without knowing the rules. So the best thing is to get used to the rules, but use them.
0: So like to build that instinct because I've had both things going on like I've been I've had moments where I'm taking German classes and I'm studying the charts and if you told me right now okay pop quiz write it all down I could probably still do it with maybe just a couple of mistakes of like the word endings the right form of the word but that doesn't necessarily translate to me saying correct sentences but at the same time that that's been going on where I've been studying it I've also been speaking it and so some stuff just comes out automatically yeah right sometimes the fun thing is people more or less can understand what you mean in conversation there's sometimes they'll have to clarify a question but it's not that tragic of a mistake it just is something that's going to out you as a foreigner pretty quickly which whatever fine like it's i i am but the more you immerse yourself in the language and don't pay attention necessarily to the rules and just let your instinct get honed you can get things right more
1: and the most important sentence you said is we understand it. As a German, I understand if you use the wrong ending, I, I understand you anyway. So that's the most important thing. Even if you make those mistakes, I get what you mean. Some, some people are like very, very strict with it. And even in class, I'm yeah I'm not correcting every mistake because people get annoyed and they get sad and they don't want to talk anymore if you, to, if you correct them too much. So I concentrate on the most important mistakes, and that's what I'm correcting. Of course, you get outed as a foreigner, but you will get to the point where you have perfect grammar and can use it perfectly, and you still get outed as a foreigner. So yeah, don't (laughs) worry about that.
0: Definitely. One thing I noticed was when I started reading in German more, I didn't feel like I was doing any work or learning necessarily, mm-hmm. but it was ha- was like magically happening. It was the coolest thing. Like, so I love Harry Potter, mm-hmm. read the books a million times <laughs> and a friend lent me the whole series in German and I started reading them maybe around this time last year actually. And literally at work, I remember this so clearly, we have weekly meetings and they're in German and I would sort of like stumble my way through and they would all be very forgiving and kind and we would move on. But this one week, I, after I finished the first Harry Potter book, I came in and, and I gave my little presentation, my little update on what I'd been working on. And after I finished speaking, everyone was dead quiet. And I remember being like, oh God, what did I do? Because the last time that happened, I meant to say like I worked on this project with someone, but I said that I conceived them, like as in... <laughs> like almost gave birth to them. I don't know how I did that. Anyway. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I was sitting there like, oh God, what have I done? And they just were like, what happened? What have you been doing? Your German's so much better all of a sudden. And the only thing I can say is I started reading. So that's also my tip. Like I read the whole series through. It was something that I already knew. So it didn't matter that I didn't know what every word meant and it didn't feel like work because when you're reading a book, you already know, you know what's happening and then you're just enjoying the ride and magically in the background, your brain's doing some stuff. Yes. And those instincts get honed. Yes. It's
1: so cool. It's so great. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so cool that you're so happy about it. I
0: like that very much. (laughs) That was one of the first big breakthroughs I had where I felt like, oh my God, I'm getting somewhere with this and it it doesn't always have to be painful because sometimes it is (laughs) i know it is
1: harry potter actually was my first english book (laughs) you need to use the language even if you not speak in it you yeah you can listen to it you can read it but i would always say don't only listen so start with movies don't start with podcasts (laughs) let they be your second or third step because it's always easier if you see the people and like you said, start with something you know. So Harry Potter is like tough because they have lots of special words like wand.
0: But that's how I learned how to say I have a runny nose. Was because in <laughs> Harry Potter, they go to the Leaky Cauldron, which is what the Tropfen der mm-hmm. And then I went into work and I had a runny nose. And someone was like, oh, do you have a cold? And I was like, no, I just have a runny nose. But it was in German. And I was like, no, I only have a... And I was like, how do I say this? And I was like, huh? Leaky, troffende. And it worked. I don't know if it was like the right word, but you know, like it was yeah. a real cool moment where I was yeah. like, hey, thanks, Harry. Okay, SC. Yeah, it works that way too. <laughs> but it is. I get what you're saying. There are special terms that you're like, okay, well, like what is that? Why is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. My okay, Here is my reading evolution, which I would say also like as a person who has studied literacy development, at least in English, I would recommend this and you can you can add to it, correct or whatever. I started out reading Lustiges Taschenbücher, mm-hmm. so those little, they're comic books about Donald Duck and other like Mickey Disney characters. They're in a book that's like a normal paperback size, but the stories themselves are anywhere from just like three pages to maybe 20. And they have pictures and the combination of the length being somewhat attainable and the picture's helping you learn what the words are are really meaning. That's what I did really, like, right at the beginning when I was trying to start learning German. I would sit on the train every day during my hour and a half commute and read Donald Duck comic books. And that got me really far. And it was, again, it was something that was fun. That was more when I was in, like, the A area, A1, A2. Once I got to, like, B1, B2 is when I was reading Harry Potter. And or kids books. Um, so not picture books. Picture books tend to have really difficult words. But early readers so books for like six-year-olds or something and then you can you can advance as you feel ready and i will say with that too it will feel funny to some people who are not used to reading kids books but first off kids books are great (laughs) and second off it's a really good way to learn the culture too so i actually just recently asked someone like hey what are the classic kids books in germany because i can be as fluent as i want but i don't know that everyone's read the steam guy he they're on a locomotive and Ah, Jim Knopf. Jim Knopf. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Jim Knopf. I'm learning him. So yeah, that's my other one, like kids' books, and then you're gonna working your way up to like teen books. And then when you're in like the C area and you feel like you can be more independent with your reading, then try to just pick up any book. Um, I would say specifically a crime because Germans are obsessed with suspense. Mystery no books, and so it will help yeah. you culturally fit in. <laughs> However, I will also say that I I'm in the C1 area now, and I it's still not fun. It's still work to read in German, so instead I just keep reading the kids' books, or um, there's this magazine that I think is only available in Europe. It's, it's called Deutsch Perfekt. That's fantastic. the The articles are hilarious and fun, and I read it just like because I want to see what they write about because they have weird topics. But it's also like they define words that are tricky in the corner. They have all the articles leveled easy, medium, or hard. They have some exercises in the back if you feel like being a little bit more studious with it. And so that's the other way that I'm like trying to keep up with my reading because, yeah, I'm like really immersed in German at my workplace now, and I'm like sorry I don't want to come home and force feed myself a Kurier that I don't honestly want to read. I'm just not there right now. So those those are my reading recommendations. What do you say to that?
1: <laughs> Sound pretty good. What you skipped is newspapers. Oh yeah. So it's hard. I know, especially because it's sometimes like a higher language. But especially if if you're on C1, you should be able to read newspapers because the whole topic about C1 is that you're able to have a specific lexicon, I would say so do it (laughs) get as much as you can but always be careful and don't don't do too much because sometimes if you have german around you the whole day and then you read in german and you do that in german of course it's good because you get like this flood of german words and sayings but sometimes it's just good to stay calm and do something in your native language and don't force it too much as long as you enjoy it stay with it But if you feel like you need something else, don't be ashamed to get back to your native language.
0: Uh, That's so true. I feel like that's like the biggest emotional aspect of learning a language for me has been like learning how to speak more kindly towards yourself, how to go easy on yourself sometimes when you, you can tell when you need to push yourself, then you should, unless you want to be lazy, but then call yourself on it and say, you know what, you're being lazy, fine, own it. But If you're hearing yourself say, no, this is too much, like, listen, don't force feed it. It's not going to work. Yeah. You mentioned podcasts too. So I wanted to talk about that. There are German language learning podcasts and I listened to those a lot when I was back in Chicago and commuting a lot. That would be my practice, again, on the train. So I'll link to some in the show notes, but for a lot of them come from Deutsche Welle. There's some that are, like, story-based. So there's one that was called Deutsche warum nicht? And it was, like, some weird story about this dude and an elf. I don't know. It was weird. Okay. But they, like, would have a scene, and then they would go back through it. And it was good for, like, A to B1. Like, it was just challenging enough, but enough English where I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. I use Deutsche Welle a lot in my in my classes too.
0: Yeah, so, they actually yeah. they have a whole website of videos, podcasts, articles specifically for ger- German learning that are all free. So yeah. that's also a good resource. It's yeah, cool. and you'd mentioned the news uh, or newspapers. There's also a Deutsche Welle podcast where they. Read the news of the day slowly. Yes. Um, and that was really good. That was one where I definitely was like, I can tell that this is way too hard for me and I don't really understand what's happening, but I follow the news anyway. And so I could kind of put it together. Yes. And then over time, I started to notice, oh, I know what they're saying. That was a good one. There's also slow German where it's just a lady who talks about a topic for like five minutes slowly. And then um, coffee break German. It's a cool. dude learning german and so they literally it's like having a class like they sit down and say today we're going to talk about accusative with prepositions," and then they go through it if you can understand a podcast
1: i think you're you're on a good level you're on a good way yeah then
0: you're doing pretty good tv shows and movies of course huge too so i always watch with subtitles and in in german so not like dubbed over because if like the mouth movements are really important too yes yeah But, okay, I wanted to share some of my favorite (laughs) German TV shows. Oh, go for it. Because a lot of them are terrible in the movies. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I
1: know. Sorry.
0: (laughs) They're sometimes terrible in a great way. Like, if you live in Germany, you're already paying for public TV anyway. So I definitely recommend, especially Sunday morning, there's some weird stuff. Just watch it and laugh at it. And it's learning, too. But (laughs) if you want to find stuff on either YouTube or, what is it, ZDF? Yeah, Yeah, ZDF. yeah. Yeah, Um, my favorite couple... Okay, Turkish for Anfänger I think everyone loves that. It's like a little yeah. teeny rom-com sort of a yes. thing. Very sassy. It's a series. It's a series. So, yeah. Kuram 56 and Kuram 59. Do you know okay. that?
1: No, I don't know it. Even the title says a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I can feel what it's about.
0: It is... So good. It's my favorite. It's, I jokingly tweeted once that I was like learning German was worth it just so I could watch Kudam. Like it's just there's like cool dancing and really just crazy amounts of drama but it doesn't go into mellow drama, you know or like mm-hmm. a too campy. Like Babylon Berlin I also really loved. But I totally, at the end of it it just gets very like pulpy. Oh and then a lot of people like Dark. I thought it was ridiculous. I couldn't watch it. Did you watch Dark? I don't think so. It's on Netflix. Actually and I actually watch lots of American series so
1: yeah, yeah I'm not into all the German stuff actually but yeah. it's exciting to know so continue
0: do you have those were my top ones I actually don't I don't watch that many in German either um, again mostly because I'm like I'll try something and then be like this is ridiculous oh here's something I have never watched an episode of Tat what okay I know it's Sunday night when we're recording this <laughs> yeah right we're right. making it right
1: now it says a lot about myself <laughs>
0: Well, here's the thing. Everyone says it's an institution, but so many people I know are like,
1: oh, right, Tadot. It depends on in what family you grow up. So lots of families, it's like the one thing they do as a family is Sunday night Tadot. But we never had that. So it's like the same with dinner for one at (laughs) at New Year's. We never did that. I never did that. I saw it once and I was like, what the hell is going on there? But if you grow (laughs) up with it, it's
0: so natural and you don't want to miss it and here here's another like failure story of like (laughs) trying to push yourself too far when i first got to germany i was like okay i need to immerse myself all the time and i speak too much english at work so i need to come home and immerse myself but i speak too much german with my boyfriend so i need to really only watch movies and tv shows in german and i tried and i was so overwhelmed and I was so hard on myself for being overwhelmed. And I wish that I'd gone easier on myself, but whatever. I thought, I, I kept hearing about Tadawat, Tadawat, Tadawat. And then on Netflix, there was a show called Tadawat Reiniga. And I was like, oh, I I guess Tadawat is just short for Tadawat reiniga Which, no, okay, Tadawat means crime scene. Tadawat yeah. Reiniga means the person who cleans the crime, yeah. crime scene. Turns out they're two totally different shows. Tadawat mm-hmm. is just like a murder mystery, yeah. essentially is this really ridiculous comedy about this dude whose job it is to clean up crime scenes and yeah. he's like i don't know he's like a weirdo and it's but it's, he's fun yeah <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun now i i, I think I've, I've seen one or two episodes and i really like it but back then i was they speak really fast and i don't think that native speakers might notice that right away that's so, what i just
1: thought i never yeah. noticed that
0: now you will notice it though because i was sitting there and I, again I, I was at like a be level and was just like i literally don't i don't know a single word that they are saying and it was so demotivating the same with stromberg that's supposed to be mm-hmm. like the german version of the office and i thought i would really like that but they also it's just like a very specific humor and a lot of like nuance and cultural references and stuff like that that again wait until yeah. you're further along
1: what i can recommend is pastefka you know it? No, Pastewka. It's like, I would not say it's like close to Stromberg, but yeah, it's like this comedian, this German comedian, Bastian Pastewka, and he has his own series. Yeah, it's not his real life, but I think sometimes it's close to it. <laughs> and in the series, he plays himself and he plays like this... Famous person, famous German person, which is not too famous. And I really like it. And it's on Amazon Prime. It ends always like a little misery. Mm-hmm. He always gets himself into situations. You At the beginning of, of an episode, you know he gets himself into situations. And you just... Can't believe that you can do it all the time. But yeah, it's enjoyable.
0: And then I never really... I'm not a YouTube person. Like, I don't really watch too much YouTube. But one YouTube channel about learning German that was recommended to me is, ironically or fittingly enough, called... German with Jenny. It's not you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's a different Jenny, but she's also a German teacher. And I think now she has like a whole app with it and just breaks different, again, sort of like that coffee break German approach where it's as mm-hmm. if you're being in a class, but through YouTube videos. So there's a lot that you can do yes. online for free. Yes. Oh, and I forgot, I have one more tip I wanted to, to throw out. When you're first learning the vocab, do it color coded with the gender and write the gen like the dad the d or the das there too because some of them i didn't include that and that was dumb yeah do it it depends
1: on what type of learner you are but color is always good
0: we're almost out of time so do you have any general german language learning tips
1: yeah take care about your pronunciation it's more important that you than you think and whenever you come to Germany, if you're living here, it's different. But if you a person learning German around the world and you come to Germany and you don't understand anything, take care where you are. So if you're in southern Germany, it's normal that you don't understand anything. <laughs> because we have strong dialects, especially in Bavaria, but also here in Baden-Württemberg. I see that in my classes a lot. If I'm not concentrating on my language that much, I... Go back to my dialect, and then it gets very hard for the people to get what I'm saying. So <laughs> yeah, and you can always ask the people to speak standard German with you. They all are able to do it.
0: And so. don't let them switch to English because I found that like yes. if you ask someone to repeat something, they'll instead of saying it back in German again, they will just switch to English. Just force it. They can speak English at you all you want, but keep yeah. answering in German. Yeah. Really make it a point.
1: Yes, you need to.
0: It is now time (laughs) to round the corner, head to home with the zack, zack, zacks. All right. Uh, Rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to answer them without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. I try to. All right. Ready. What is one of your New Year's resolutions for 2019? Oh, yeah. Stick
1: to your dreams and try to, every year again, try to do them. Even if you have like 10 dreams or 10 things you want to do, try to do one and you will be happy at the end of the year.
0: You lived in Australia for a year. Yes. What was your favorite place?
1: Oh, whoa, two, (laughs) two of them. So it's always the beach. It will always be the beach. I really loved Scarborough Beach. Um, The second one is a national park. It's in Western Australia as well. It's called Karigini National Park. It's amazing. I enjoyed it so much.
0: And what is your favorite German word?
1: Schmetterling. I like it in lots of languages and I like that it's so different in every language. And in German, especially like, it sounds like it's, it's butterfly actually. Yeah, it sounds like it's something hard and it's this tiny little insect and I
0: really like that. That's always the meme too. It's like, butterfly in every other language, butterfly, things that are nice, German, Schmetterling. Yeah, (laughs) I
1: like the Spanish one as well, which, which is mariposa. I like that a lot, too.
0: Sure. (laughs) Thank you, Jenny, for first off being a great German teacher, even if I didn't clearly retain all of it. And (laughs) thank you for coming on and giving us all tips and insights on how to better learn German. Thanks for having me. There we have it, folks. Hopefully that helps you guys out as you prepare to take on the German language. I promise it's worth it, and I promise it's fun sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you again to Jenny for coming on the show and sharing all of our tips with us. And thanks again for teaching me German. I also want to thank, as always, Gordon Eisenach, my partner in life and in podcasting, as well as Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They are on Instagram at a hug from the side. We're on Instagram too at The Expat Cast, and we're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at The Expat Cast. And you can shoot us a message via email at TheExpatCast at gmail.com. All of the resources that we mentioned are linked to in the show notes, and I would love to hear from you guys via email or any of the social media channels what German language content you like to consume or what tips helped you learn German. We'll be back in your feeds next week with an interview with an extroverted entrepreneurial American expat. Is that enough of a tongue twister for you? (laughs) Until then, have a great week.